Hello and welcome to the Untranslatable Podcast. We are here recording episode 102, and today we will be focusing on solo and group travel, which might be the right uh, method of travel for you, and also some of the advantages and disadvantages of solo and traveling in groups or with friends. So we look forward to giving you some tips, some tricks, and telling a couple stories along the way as well. So without further ado, my good buddy Jared, a very great travel buddy, if I could say so myself. What's going on, Jared? Hello. Thank you. But ideally, I would also like to be a better solo traveler or just a solo traveler in general. To be fair, I haven't really done much of it at all. Uh, but first, please, everyone, spread a little love. Follow us on Instagram, Untranslatable Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Untranslatable One, the number one. Follow us, uh, email us, untranslatablepodcast at gmail.com. Feel free to slide into those DMs or email inbox. Give us topic ideas. Give us new untranslatable phrases, phrases that you've heard maybe people in your family say that if you translate them to English, you realize they don't make any sense, but they do have a meaning to you. And maybe if you tell it to us, they can have a meaning to us too. Aw. But also, please, uh, go to our uh, website, untranslatablepodcast.com. There are even more untranslatables there. I'm going slowly but surely. I'm trying to be more consistent because I'll tell you what, I might be slow with the uh, updating of the untranslatables, but the untranslatable podcast is still going. Episodes are coming out every Monday and Thursday, regardless. Uh, And please also, because these episodes are so consistent and wonderful, spread a little love with those five-star reviews on iTunes and Stitcher. But I'll say this, I do know the untranslatable podcast is working because on Bloomberg uh, today or the other day, I saw an article titled "Prepare for Another Summer of Over Tourism." Mm. So, um, according to Bloomberg, uh, travel. Well, uh, let's see if I can find the guy's name. Le- Leonid Leonid Bershidsky. This is what I get for trying to give people credit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, he, um, he claims that travel has become as accessible as McDonald's and global tourism arrivals have rapidly increased as a result in 1995. Uh, this is just Europe specifically. Oh, well, he said global. So he's talking about globally for this, but later it's just about Europe. Uh, in 1995, global travel was at about 525 million per year. 2018, it's gone up to 1.4 billion, more than doubled. Wow. And, uh, you know, you would think it's a good thing, but according to this article, he's saying that, like, it's not a good thing. So um, so lo- locations have been trying different solutions to solve this. Iceland has been promoting areas far away from overcrowded uh, tourist attractions. Italy's uh, Cinque... How do you say five in, in Italian? I have no idea. Never studied Italian. C-I-N-Q-U-E. Uh, oh, jeez, C- I got a text I don't know. Cinque? <laughs> No, no, because uh, it's cinco in Spanish, right? But it's cinque. I would, I would say cinque. Cinque, tere, probably. Cinque Terre area has been developed. Has developed an app to show how many people are already on the footpath uh, they want to take. Oh, that's pretty cool. A little creepy as well, but pretty cool. Well, how is it creepy? How many people are on the footpath? I mean, how do they know that? Oh, yeah, I don't know. That's a good point. <laughs> There's a guy. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five. Oh, stop moving. <laughs> right, right. Oh, um, man. So, over tourism has been an issue in 105 areas in Europe. 
um, with density three times as high uh, as in other areas. Uh, so here's the areas that, excuse me, these are the areas with density three times as high. Can you guess some of the top areas for over uh, over tourism? There's five do, of them. Do, do, you mean, do you mean countries or cities? cities? Excuse me, cities. cities. Probably Venice. Wow, number one. Okay. Obviously Paris. Yeah. You betcha. Are these all in Europe? Yes, this is all about Europe. So Venice, Paris, Berlin. Nope. Prague. Nope. Although they did, I think he did mention Prague, but that's not okay. as on the like three times. So Venice, time. Paris. Uh, really not Berlin. Mm-mm. Interesting. There's. G- give me the rest of them. I'm not sure. One's in Spain. So Barcelona. Correct. One's in Denmark. <laughs> can, you, can you guess which Copenhagen? city it would be? <laughs> Copenhagen. <laughs> that's the only city I know in Denmark, so I was hoping it was that one. And one's in Ireland. Oh, Dublin. Yep. Mm-hmm. Dublin. And so, for example, um, so uh, are you familiar, familiar with the city of Dubrovnik in Croatia? I've heard of it, yeah. It's known to many, and probably you too, as King's Landing. Oh, yeah. Okay. I did not realize it was King's Landing. And uh, it's so King's Landing is some Game of Thrones thing. I don't watch Game of Thrones. Um yeah, but the city ideally can't fit more than 8,000 people at a time. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a very small city. Uh, yet, uh, it saw a 53% increase in tourism, uh, tourist arrivals to 101,325 people in the first three months of 2019. That doesn't really surprise me, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, that show is gigantic. It makes sense. I mean, I, I read somewhere that the... Um like office for tourism in New Zealand said that like tourism maybe not doubled but increased quite a bit after Lord of the Rings movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I've heard so that. So it makes too. sense. Yeah, it makes sense. They've had to uh reduce the number of cruise ships that can dock in that city and it still hasn't really helped, they said. Um and so it is like it does seem like it's an issue to a certain extent though. Um where, where was I? I just saw something about it. What was? Oh yeah, at the end of May, reception workers at the Louvre in Paris held a one-day strike, complaining that they couldn't handle the growing and increasing aggressive crowds of visitors. This, uh, uh, so like it's it's like a like an issue. When I first heard it, I was like, oh, this is great because like a lot of these cities, the, the majority of their income comes from tourism, mm-hmm. but it's like it's becoming like you know they they don't have the infrastructure and the uh, like the the workers to handle it, right? Um, but like, what's the uh, like what's the what's the what do they do about it though? Like, do they try to make stuff more expensive to limit tourism, to or do they just like try to improve the infrastructure? I don't know. Right. Yeah, and that's and that's it's it's hard to say. I mean, for being an American coming from such a capitalist country, I say hike them prices, baby. Mm. That's that's what I would say. That's but, a problem for us. We we talk so much about budget travel here. Right. Right. But well, sure, as a traveler, yeah, I would be completely against that. But I would say one thing I heard a colleague of mine at school discussing was that in Venice because they have so many tourists and, and it's slowly going underwater, um, they are going to start to limit the amount of people they have there. So maybe there's like a special form you have to fill out. Mm. I mean, look, 
I think you can get a lot of people to travel somewhere else if there are hoops they have to jump through. Obviously, that's yeah. not a good thing, but at the same time, you do need to limit these things for safety reasons, for environmental reasons, um, you know, what have you. And so maybe that would be a step in the direction to limit people traveling there. But it's it's a sad day, though, when places like this have to um, do these types of things. It's it's kind of a double-edged sword because it's great that all these people want to travel to these places, mm-hmm. but it's too bad that these places can't support the um, the need um, or the demand of all these tourists. Yeah, and I think another thing that maybe it'll help do is it'll help people to get a little bit more creative with their travel. So maybe instead of Paris, they'll go to like Nice or something like that, or right. you know, like find some new cities that. Because yeah, all these cities that we named are obviously great places to visit, but um, you know, there's so many hidden gems in Europe that most people have never heard of and never even considered that are that are great places to visit, and maybe that'll help. Absolutely, maybe, you know, diversify people's options a little bit. Can I uh, can I give a couple of quick little gems from the Czech Republic? Sure, Pilsen's one. Good, good work. That was going to be the first one. Second one I was going to say. Very good. Uh, Pilsen Karlo Vivari, uh, Brno, which is not that far from Vienna. Brno is a cool city. It's a little bit more laid back than Prague, and there's less people, but there's still some really cool bars and restaurants, and a lot of great stuff to do in Brno as well. Um, also, if you're into nature, there's so much great nature in the Czech Republic. Uh, check out Czech Switzerland, mm-hmm. Czech Middle Mountains. Um, let's see here. What else? I mean, there's a, there's a ton of places. Um, Šumava, which is in the southern part of Bohemia. And all of these places are way off the beaten path in terms of at least a lot of American tourists where right. they end up going. Because most American tourists go to Prague. And Prague is great. I love the city quite a bit. But there's so many other really cool places here. Um, and you get to experience a slightly different type of Czech culture, which is also really nice. Mm-hmm. In Prague, I would say you get a slightly, mm, slightly watered down version because there's so many tourists. You know, it's changed yeah, a lot. I think. Yeah? I think a lot of tourists like that watered down. Uh, of version. course. You know, they could say of they course. went to some foreign country and saw some big buildings and stuff, but it also is a easy. It's it's just easier when you're in cities right. like that. There's less challenges. Right. Absolutely, absolutely, and that's well, a, yeah. that's a great point. Seems like our podcast is working. I guess so, huh? <laughs> <laughs> that that is the plan. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, too it's, well, right? You know, what's crazy though, Jared is um, today marks my three week mark. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Same. For I me, had though. a very interesting discussion today in my uh, English for Teachers class, and uh, one of my colleagues asked me, what have I learned since I was here? Mm. Um, and I, I knew that question was going to come eventually. So yeah. I've been thinking about it for a while. And the, the tricky thing is when people ask you questions like this, it's really easy to give the, the kind of superficial, obvious answers, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's easy to say, oh, yeah, I've learned that the beer here tastes great, which is 100% yeah. true. Yeah. <laughs> or, or, you know, I've learned that the Czech Republic has some of the most beautiful nature that I've seen. Um, and <laughs> that's to say I, women. I, I'm, well, that, that too. That too. I think I've, I may have mentioned this on the podcast before, but a friend of mine, he, he lives in Prague and he used to always say, whenever I get on the metro or the subway, 
I always fall in love all over again because oh, there's yeah. always so many pretty girls. <laughs> um, so yeah, but you know, I was trying to not give them just like a very superficial mm-hmm. kind of obvious answer. And one of them that I think went a little bit deeper um, than the you know superficial. Oh, the beer's good. Blah blah blah. Was um, that I think Czech people once you get to know them. They are some of the nicest, most hospitable people I have met. Hmm. Now, I think when you first meet Czech people, and obviously this is dangerous because I'm making a very sweeping generalization right now, but I'm going to go out on a limb and do it and say that my experience with a lot of Czech people has been, in the beginning, they're very reserved. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're maybe a little... Shy is not really the right word, but I would say reserved. And uh, maybe, the, you know, they're trying to feel you out. You know, are you a good person? You know, can I trust you? Things like this. And I think some of this has to do with their history, right? You know, having the Soviets come and being under communism for so many years um, can really change the mindset and mentality of a nation. And uh, I think the younger generation is a little different than some of the older generation. But once you do break down those barriers and get to know people, uh, you can have some really meaningful and amazing friendships and relationships with these people. Um, and I have to say, I'm really going to miss so many people here. Uh, so I hope to be coming back as soon as I can. Hmm. All right. Yeah. I mean, that's also the good thing about, you know, living in a place versus just traveling to a place is you never really get this level of communication with the locals when you're just visiting. Exactly. And you don't really like, you don't really know how people live just staying mm-hmm. in an Airbnb for a week or whatever. Oh, definitely. And, uh, and I, yeah, this, yeah, that's cool. And it is cool now that you you do have like some legitimate connections that I assume you can come back to uh, years from now if you wanted to. I sure hope so. And and I it's it's really funny because with a lot of my colleagues who I become really close with, I told them, look, if you're ever in the states or ever want to come visit in Michigan, come visit. Mm-hmm. And um, and it's it's weird. Like to me, it's a normal thing to just invite them. You know, obviously it's my parents' house because I don't own a house right now in Michigan, (laughs) but my parents know these colleagues of mine and they also are friends with them and would love to have them come visit. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy though, how just something as small as an invitation like that can really, really like touch their hearts. I know I'm getting a little cheesy and sentimental right now, but it's true. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I really hope that will also be uh, something that happens in the future as well. Yeah, especially um, making it clear that you mean it. This is not just something right. I'm saying because I assume you're never going to be in Michigan. <laughs> right, exactly. And as you know, Jared, and some of our <clears throat> listeners probably know, I love being a tour guide. And Michigan yes. is a beautiful place. Mm-hmm. You know, it really is. There's so much great things to do and to see in Michigan. We were just um, talking about that before we started recording. Yes, we were. Um, well, that's enough sentimental opening of the show. Let's get sentimental and... Spread a little love. Okay. I'm with you. I'm with you. Now, I have a, a... I want to spread a little love with a shout-out, but this is, I would say, controversial. That's not Ooh, controversial. Right. What happened is a very good thing. So, a nine-year-old boy pays off uh, entire school lunch debt for his class after saving his allowance. A nine-year-old boy in California used his allowance money to pay up... That's just repeating the uh, his entire third-grade class. When Ryan Kirkpatrick, a student at West Park Elementary School, learned that some kids cannot afford lunch at school and have to take on debt, he wanted to make a difference, uh, according to his mom, Kylie Kilpatrick. Uh, Ryan asked his mom to find out how much his peers at his own school 
owed for lunch, and his mom discovered it was about $74.50, $74.50. The price of school lunches ranges from $0.30 cents to $3.25. Uh, what What do you want to do, uh, his mom asked uh, her son. She, uh, he said, I guess you could... Uh, uh, w- w- all right. He said he wants to pay it. Um, and that's it. He paid it. Um, now, that's a great story. That's uh, showing a y- young nine-year-old Spread boy. Spread a little love. That's great. But I was looking on Twitter... Mm-hmm. And this one lady uh, that tweeted something made a great point, and I had it saved, but of course because I haven't opened Twitter in a bit, it's not there. But I could pull it up because I liked it. I know, so, I know what the tweet said. I think. Oh, what did? What do you think it said? I think the tweet said, if I remember correctly, <clears throat> was she said no, the school needs to um, just have free meals, and this kid should get his money back. That's eventually what it's. That's this eventually. That's essentially what it's saying. I did see. Uh, that's actually one tweet I was going to comment. On, I was going to use, but I found one that I think said it better and more succinctly. What a heartwarming story. Uh, this is Kashana Kali. What a heartwarming story about a country that values letting nine-year-olds rack up debts. Right. Right. Uh, it's it, crazy. Yeah, and th- th- I did see the tweet you're talking about too. That essentially said. Uh, like yeah this is a, nice that the kid did this but it's not his job to do this and he should get his money back right. and and like you're putting like you're you're starting 9 year olds off with debt at the, like and they don't even know what debt is and they're already uh growing up with debt that's ridiculous that yeah at 30 cents too and it's and it's not the children's fault you know no. it's it's not the children's fault and that's that's what i don't get is how sorry to get negative during our you know shout outs to spread the love but shout you know, out to with, ryan though for sure wanted to do that right but you know also with with all light comes darkness and mm-hmm. uh, with all positive there is negative you know yin and yang, yin and yang and yeah. the thing is is that um how can how can the united states be considered one of the wealthiest countries in the world yet we have children who are going into debt to eat food at lunch mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. me that is just asinine it's ridiculous it's despicable I agree. I agree. I, I, there sh- feels, I feel like there needs to be more shame in this country. <laughs> right. I know. It's crazy. It's really crazy. Um, it is crazy. Absolutely. Well, speaking of food, mm-hmm. uh, this is a crazy story, and I'm really excited to share this with everyone. Um, so there is a restaurant owner who asked for one-star Yelp reviews. So the, the, the kind of smaller headline is how one small business owner flipped the online review ecosystem on its head. So in, in 20, uh, uh, 2014, Chef David Serratini advertised a special that would forever change his fate. Anyone who left his restaurant a one-star review on Yelp would get 25% off on pizza. See, his Bay Area-based Italian joint, Bado Bistro, was at a crossroads. Like many small businesses, it was enslaved to the whims of online reviewers whose public dispatches could make or break his reputation. He'd had enough. It was time to pry the stars from the cold, (laughs) grubby hands of Yelpers and take control of his own destiny. But the move would set Sertini at the center of a long-standing battle between Yelp and disgruntled business owners, a battle including cries of extortion, review manipulation, and predatory advertising tactics. So I think this is really amazing that he he basically said, F it, 
Give me, give me all your one star reviews. That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah uh, and I, I just yeah. pulled up Yelp for that place, uh-huh. and one review was, "I'm not sure why the reviews are so low. This place is great." <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh, that's so funny. But um, I mean, that makes sense though, because like you know, when I whenever if I I like to look at reviews for for places, and you know, every now and again you'll see like one stars, and oh, most of those you just have to completely disregard because right. it's like. Okay, this person had some something that happened to them, but it's just like so now it's just like this place is the worst. Oh, never go to this right, place. Right. Uh it's kinda like the same thing we talk about with like tourism, where it's like you go to a place and one person does a dick to you, so it's like, oh man, everyone in Paris is is a dick. Right. It's a bad example because right. they all are dicks. That's not true. I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just oh, joking. Oh jeez. Shots fired, Jared. Shots fired. <laughs> um but yeah, it is kind of brilliant because I, I think that uh, people will at least be interested to see why there's so many one star reviews as just as interested as they would would to see like a place that's like got a very high rating it's like wow this place is so low let me read some of these reviews then you read the like bunch of one stars that are great and then it right. sort of drowns out the uh the people that are giving uh one star granted maybe he's getting a lot of one stars because he deserves it <laughs> <laughs> either way he's drowning out them haters yeah um, i that's think true. with the with the one stars you get a lot of like People who have unrealistic expectations or mm. just had had a shitty day and then they went to the restaurant and they were, maybe they were hangry for a non-native American slang. English speakers out there, hangry <laughs> is a combination of hungry and angry smashed together. So, you know, and, and for some of these, and some of these customers too, you can't do them right. Like you could give them yeah. impeccable service great food, they're still going to give you a one-star review, and it's ridiculous. But what's crazy, Mm -hmm. though, Jared, is that a mere half-star difference in a restaurant's rating could increase peak hours foot traffic by as much as 19%. Jeez. But see, the problem with this with small businesses is that, um, you know, you you have a couple bad reviews, and and it can kill your business, right? Um, And so it's pretty crazy that, you know, basically flipped you know flip stuff and he admits this is kind of interesting um so he says i came from italy i know exactly what mafia extortion looks like yelp was manipulating reviews and hoping i would pay a protection fee i didn't come to america and (laughs) work for 25 years to be extorted by some idiot in silicon valley and then he says faced with un uh undulating uh star ratings uh, Saratini uh, resulted to a devious measure. I wrote myself five-star reviews. I wasn't a good guy. I was writing fake ones to replace the real ones, apparently, that Yelp had remu- removed. So That's such a good the, idea. Yeah. So, um, yeah. But I think it's great. He turned it on its on its head. And, yeah, it, it just goes to show you, like, the crazy thing is with anything nowadays, with social media and all that, is I think if... if you get some negativity, then people really will will listen to it. But if everyone's mm-hmm. hating on it, a lot of times then it kind of almost loses some of the negativity. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And it is. I guess it is scary for like uh, your business to rely on on those reviews essentially. And every time you see like a bad review come in, you're like, oh shit, what did I do? And then it's right. just, it is just like, oh, I asked for water without ice, but they gave me ice. <laughs> gave me what what's what's the spongebob joke two ice cubes i don't know what Didn't you're talking want, about there's a spongebob episode where the guy asks 
he's playing pranks on people and he asks for like one ice cube oh, right, and he puts right, two right, ice yeah, cubes yeah, in there yeah, or something yeah yeah, 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 yeah you're totally that. right yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, april fools so yeah. that was the april fools episode. yeah there you go there you go so my next one goes out to an iowa school which is giving students physical education credits for helping elderly people with disabilities do yard work which is a mm. genius idea so an alternative school in eastern iowa is changing the standard when it comes to students physical education credits while some students across the nation have earned PE credits with extracurricular activities like athletics and marching band. And to all of you that say that marching band is n- does not uh, is not physically draining, put, put on one of those uniforms, carry a tube around, and march on a football field for a few hours and yeah. tell me how tired you are afterwards. For sure. Um, but yeah, and so basically it's great that this school, their curriculum is choosing activities to count towards um, you know, helping out the community um, and then also giving them PE credits, which is great uh, because, you know, there are a lot of elderly people nowadays who can't do yard work by themselves. So uh, some of the things that um, students will do is rake leaves, pulling leaves, cutting grass, any task that might need to be completed outdoors um, that, you know, an elderly person probably would have a lot of difficulty doing or would not be able to do at all. So this I is absolutely we, fantastic. And mm-hmm. it's just a more practical thing to learn. I think we need more of that, like to putting kids, making kids do more practical stuff, like than just like, um, yeah, obviously running around a track is fine, but this is it's it's exhausting, it's physical mm-hmm. work, but it's also useful. Like eventually, there's a chance that these kids will be told by their parents to mow the lawn or do something like that, right? And uh, you you get some actual education there too. Exactly, exactly. It's pretty wild. I have one more shout out, and okay. my shout out goes out to. The experimental rock group Radiohead. Have you oh. heard about what happened with them? No. So there was someone who hacked into, um, I don't know where they hacked into, but they hacked and got 18 hours of material that was stolen from lead singer Tom York, um, archived, aha, uh, his archived mini discs by an unknown hacker. The group announced on its social media platforms that the archive consisting of most consisting mostly of unfinished music and clips from the mid 90s had been stolen last week the hacker or hackers demanded 150,000 to keep it from being released to the public but you know what radiohead did instead go for they it they decided to ignore the ransom and release the entire trove of music to bandcamp in aid of extinction rebellion which is a new climate change movement and then uh, the guitarist Johnny Greenwood from Radiohead said, just for the next 18 days, um, for 18 pounds, you can find out if we should have paid that ransom. Um, <laughs> never intended yeah, for public consumption. Not Radiohead, the people that stole Right, it. the hackers. Yeah, F those guys for sure. Never intended for public consumption, even though some clips did reach the cassette in the OK computer reissue. It's only um, tangibly interesting and very, very long. Um, so that's what they said. So this isn't a phone download, but I think it's really amazing. And then they're donating all the proceeds to this Extinction Rebellion, which is an environmental um, climate change movement to hopefully help, um, you know, which slow down the extinction of animals. Hopefully and probably at the end of the day, get more than a, than the 150000 that this that the thief was trying to get to. Oh, I'm sure it will. And those hackers got nothing. So very yeah. well played, Radiohead. Good work. Yeah. For Kudos sure. to you guys. That's a good one. I like it. Are you, you like Radiohead? You're a Radiohead fan? Yeah, I like some of their stuff. Okay. 
Uh, well, just curious. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, you know what time it is. The untranslatable owl has come out to play. Oh, crap. What's Sorry, that? I, I was just looking at one of my untranslatables. Uh, I forgot to actually get the... Uh... <laughs> That's okay. I have, I have three, so I have two other ones. Well, one of them I have the literal in the meaning, but I forgot to actually put the uh, the phrase there. Okay. Uh, but I have two still because I, I, I'm, I'm prepared, everyone. Don't worry. And my first one is uh, Haitian Creole. Oh, cool. And it's metlo nan diven. And it means put water in wine. Put water in wine. That's not like oil and water. It's not like something that doesn't mix, is it? No, no. It's put a little bit more. It's a little bit more. Well, that's pretty literal, too. But um, do you want me to give you an example? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So. Um, Say you and I were, were at Carlo Vilasnia in Prague, and you <laughs> okay. were um, on the dance floor going hard, screaming, doing breakdance moves, As going usual. crazy, uh, going up to strangers and being like, yeah, and like, hey, Chad, <laughs> Chad, put some water on that wine. I just like cool your jets. Chill out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Just need to calm down, relax, you need, down. You need laid back vibes, people. Laid yes. back vibes. But I think um, that's a great one. It's like, yeah, it like, I mean, it makes perfect sense once you uh, once you think about it. That needs to be a drop, I think. Put, put some, some water. Wa- Go ahead. Put, what was it? Put some <laughs> put put some water in that wine. We're both trying to get each other to uh, make to the say drop. It, right? Put some yeah, water put, in that wine. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Nice. Uh, go ahead. What do you got? I see at got, least one Czech one. I got two Czech phrases or okay. untranslatables. V born me. Uh, so my first one is Shilhat Tladi, which means um, like cockeyed or cross-eyed hungry. Oh, is that hangry? Yeah, very good. So yeah. hangry. So very hangry good. you can't even uh-huh. see straight. That's right. Okay. Okay. Oh, that's cockeyed hungry. Yeah, that's a good one, isn't it? Yeah, I kind of like that one. It sounds nice. Um, my last one. Because I forgot to. Uh, anyway, my last one is Hebrew, and it's Shemesh uh, Shachanit. Shachanit, probably. Uh, probably not. And it's a uh, lying son. Lying son? Like like uh, your child, your son? No, son like the one in the sky. The one in the sky. Lying son. And lying is in like not telling the truth. L Y I N G. I mean, so yes. you take that however you yes. want. But uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's see here. Lying son. Hmm. G- give me an example. Uh, so I'm going to be moving back to Michigan soon, mm-hmm. and come about I don't know November, December, January, February. There, it, it can be very sunny outside, but I would say easy there. That sun is lying to you. So it's just something unrealistic. No, more no. way more uh, literal than that. Something that so say say it's February in Michigan, uh-huh. and um, you look outside and it's like, ooh, the sun's out. I bet you it's a lovely day, and then you open the door and your oh, fingers thing, fall off. Things are not <laughs> what they seem. Uh, yeah, but it's actually literal in the sense that it is like a temperature related so it's like a sunny day 
With that's a, cold uh, outside. Low temperature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, I like that. Yeah, I, that's I like Sun's that because I, I'm going to have to get used to that going back to Michigan. That is true. My dad used to always tell me that the uh, that the sunny days are even worse. I don't remember why that is, but like when it's really bright out, that it's usually colder. I don't know if he even knew what he was talking about. Okay. But he, uh, but yeah, he used to always warn me of the lying sun. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. My last one for today is also Czech. Maybe it is Vipadnul Jako Cukrar. Cukrar. Sorry, that has the little r at the end. He disappeared like a pastry chef. Hmm. Well, I mean, I assume it's like he disappeared into the night or like he... Very good. But I, Very I don't good. understand the pastry chef reference. <laughs> I have I have no idea. Yeah, I have absolutely no idea. pastry chef. Um, I'll, I'll, you know what, Jared? I'm feeling, I'm feeling good. I'm going to give oh, you another too. one in check. Do it. I'm going to give it. you one more. Especially since I messed up and I... Uh... Th- there we go. Vipadnots of Laku. Uh, which means to fall off the train. To fall off the train. Is that to like to lose your marbles? That that that's a good guess. To fall off the train. Not to get lost, is it? No. Mm-mm. To like lose your train of thought. No, no. Um, this one, this one, for example. Um, let me think of a good example here. Um. Oh, okay. Have you been following the NBA Finals at all? Probably. Uh, not, yes. Have you? Well, have I'm you? not close. I know. I know it's three to two right now, isn't it? So, for the, yeah. Uh, so, Raptors. so, so the last game. Well, this probably won't be accurate when this drops. But that's true. Um, Might be but, over by then. Um. Right. But um, Golden State won by one point. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you could say that Toronto fell off the train. Oh, it's like um. I mean, I, I understand what you're saying, and I'm just trying to figure out how to word it in a, for us Americans. That's like you, um, like not to, I mean, not to lose your lead, but to like lose progress, essentially, or or just or just lose, be out of oh. the game. Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Or who did yeah. you? Are you you following it? A little bit here and there. I actually have a couple students that are really into it. Mm. What do they think student, about Kawhi being a robot? <laughs> have you seen the video with his laugh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. His, oh man that is too funny yeah. um i i have a couple students who have all who have all called toronto winning in seven mm. so who knows maybe they're right we'll see we will see okay but we're we'll not here to talk about the, the uh nba finals we're here to talk about solo travel and yes. group travel so let's talk yes. about it um you've done some solo travel i have not really I've done a lot of solo travel. What? What? Uh, do you have a preference personally? You mean solo versus group travel or going with friends? Yes. I mean, it depends for what purpose, right? Um, I would say at the end of the day, now you with won't the hear amount my feelings. Of, by the way, <laughs> <laughs> with with the amount of travel I've done nowadays with solo travel, um, I would prefer to travel with friends for a okay. couple of reasons. Uh, number one, usually when you travel with friends, things are a bit cheaper, right? You split yeah. a hotel room or an Airbnb mm-hmm. or whatever. If you have to go to the restroom, 
Someone can watch your stuff instead of carrying it into the stall with you. Yeah. Or asking a stranger to watch your stuff, and then you Which come out pointless. of the stall and it's gone. Exactly. And like, I, mm-hmm. if you're a woman, don't even do that. Don't you can't even do that. That's not even an option if you're a woman. Like if you're traveling alone and you're like, you can't ask someone to like watch your drink for you and trust that they will. Oh yeah, no, that would be bad. That would yeah. be bad. I, I I usually don't let people watch my drinks either, even though yeah. I highly doubt that I'll get roofied. But hey, you never know. You're uh, good. You never guy. know. That's, that's nothing to do with it. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> Thanks, Jerry. Um, for saying I'm good looking, not that I might get roofy. But um, yeah, so let's see here. Um, so, price wise, I would say I would prefer traveling with friends. Mm-hmm. Also, just when you're with friends, it's more fun for the most part, right? Mm. It's more fun because you always have somebody to talk to, to have a good time with. When you go by yourself, you have to make that happen yourself. So, it right. can still be fun. But it takes some more effort. Um, you have to be very open to meeting people and also sometimes hanging out with people that you maybe really kind of don't want to hang out with, but it's either hang out with them or, or you know, hang out completely by yourself or go sit in your hotel room and twiddle your thumbs. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so it really depends. I would say to a, a new place I've never been, definitely with friends, to somewhere where I'm really familiar, um, I'm happy to go alone because I know my way around. Um, and I, I know the surroundings better, so I don't know if that makes sense, but that's yeah, yeah, kind of yeah. where I'm at with it. Do you enjoy the, I mean, because when you're traveling alone, there's way more motivation to, for example, meet, like meet people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's, you seem to really enjoy that. Does, don't you, do you enjoy, I don't want to put words in your mouth, more that you're forced, I'd say forced to meet other people and it kind of puts motivates you a little bit more or would you be more to be like well if i meet someone i meet someone otherwise i'll just do my own thing that's a that's a good question that's a really good question i would say (laughs) mm, i would say it's not necessarily the forced to meet people but i get in this mindset when i travel solo where i'm just curious in general right Mm -hmm. i'm curious because i'm in a usually i'm in a new place where i've never been Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of new stuff new sites um, a lot of kind of sometimes it can also be very sensory overload when you're by yourself because right. I also try to keep good track of where I am so I don't get completely lost. Um, although that can be a fun adventure as well to get lost yeah, sometimes. Yeah, for sure. And especially um, in 2018 or 19, it's 19. You're mm-hmm. never fully really lost anyway as, as long as you have a smartphone. Right. But you're you're assuming people have data where they are and that's not always that's the true. case. That's true. Um, but yeah. And so I, I enjoy... I actually don't enjoy the feeling of being forced to meet people because then I feel like I'm not doing it because I want to do it, but mm. because I have to do it. Right. I think for people who aren't as extroverted or as outgoing as I am, they need that little push. I usually don't need that push. Um, I mean, but- all the times we've traveled, not all the times, but a lot of times we've traveled together um we've we've always ended up having conversations with other people like especially over our last euro trip it seems like especially since don was there too don can't help but talk to strangers right but like it yeah. seems Which like we, great. we had no problem meeting a bunch of people in spite of being in a group and but, you know for for me it's great because i get i i'm concerned that i would not be reaching out to people if I, but like if I have Don, that's like, hey, this is blah blah blah. I'm like, I'm not going to be like, oh, I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> right, right. Well, see, the the thing is, is that I think it's actually easier to meet people when you're in a group of friends. Yeah. Because, but see, here's I the thing, get that. 
And and here's the tip that I'm going to give everybody listening out there. When you travel by yourself, one, don't feel, don't feel sorry for yourself that you're traveling alone. Never feel like mm. you're a loner or a loser because you're traveling by yourself mm-hmm. um, and you go out in public. Like for some reason, there's this weird stigma about eating at restaurants alone, going to movies alone, going to the bar alone. And I don't, um, I don't have that with movies, but I sometimes feel that way about going to the bar to like uh, restaurants by myself. Yeah, there's there's definitely a stigma, at least in the states and in places I've been in Europe. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll never forget, I was eating at Cascarelli's, which is an Italian place in Albion, when we were still an undergrad, and I had to eat there real quick and then get to work. And so, um, I sat down, ordered my food, and then I, of course, I saw people you know, come in that I knew and they're like, oh, come join our table. There's like four restaurants in Albion. Right, from. right, exactly. <laughs> and they're like, oh, come join us. And and like, and these were people that like, I would say that we were acquaintances with. I didn't dislike name them. names. I'm not going to name any Do names. I know them? Yeah, of course you know them. It was okay. Albion. Come on now. <laughs> but these people, you know, they were like, oh, come join us. And they were like there with their family, like their mom and their dad. And I'm uh, like, yeah. look. I just put in my order. I need it. I need to dine and dash. And the other mm. thing was too. I'm not paying for this meal. Well, uh, well, the other thing <laughs> was too is I also didn't want to join them and then have their parents try to like foot the bill. It's like yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. you all that well, you know. Yeah. And then I would feel kind of guilty for that as well. Um, but yeah, and so don't feel bad about going out alone, doing things alone. Um, and I, I feel like I've gone out by myself to bars and other places before. And most of the time, if you tell people, and what you can tell people, there's kind of two or three options. I prefer to tell them the truth, and I prefer I no to tell friends. them, look, I'm traveling, um, I'm here by myself, and uh, you know, I'm hoping to you know, check out the city and meet some cool people, right? Um, some people who don't maybe have the confidence or um, f- still feel slightly ashamed of themselves for going out alone, which... which Took me a while to get over. Actually, at first I was walking around, and you know, you see people with their friends. You're like, mm-hmm. I'm such a loser. I'm you feel not like they're looking at you, like, look at that loner with no friends. Ex- exactly. Exactly. <laughs> really, they don't give a shit about you. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Well, that's the thing. People could care. They give zero fucks when you are by yourself. And if you are honest with them, a lot of times people usually the reaction they give me is, "Oh, well, that's so cool that you're traveling alone. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, come join us." Right. Yeah. Um, now, some people, though, who, who may not be comfortable saying that just yet, maybe it's your first time ever going out alone, um, especially if you're more introverted. Not that I'm saying you should lie, but you could say, yeah, I'm supposed to meet up with some friends later. Um, or, or you could even say, yeah, I was going to meet up with some friends, but they bailed on me and I decided to come out anyways, right? Mm. I mean, you could say things like that. I usually just tell them, yeah, I'm alone. It is what it is. If they think I'm weird or something, you know, then that's their loss, you know? Yeah, I don't... I don't... Yeah, I mean, I feel like like you know a little self conscious about going to bars and restaurants by myself, but yeah, like when I see other people alone at places, I never think anything of it. Like, exactly, so it's so you funny don't think that twice. I'm, yeah, I'm thinking that, but when I see it, I'm like, okay, whatever. Right, and <laughs> um, you know, sometimes too, there's a lot of freedom in going alone. You know, if I go yeah. out to the bar alone, I can come home when I want. Mm-hmm. I, I, in theory, I don't have to buy anybody any drinks. I don't have to mm. buy myself a drink. If I just want to go out and socialize, I don't have to drink alcohol, right? Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of great things about going out alone. That's definitely a benefit of solo travel in general is you're on your own schedule, your own timetable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to concern yourself with what other people want to do. 
and uh, and all that stuff. And that's something that I warned you multiple times before we traveled to uh, did our Euro trip. Was that Don is a very controlling person. Now he didn't do this, and I'm he proud wasn't of him for at not all. doing it. He was it. a great travel buddy. But that that uh, even though I like traveling with him and and other people. Uh, that is something that I usually annoys the shit out of me is that he's always like, all right, what are we doing now? Okay, then what? All right, the, right. at this time, where do you want to go? And it's like, can we just like enjoy where we're at right now for a second? And right. he's always trying to like make plans for the next thing and figure out what's next. And it's like, how about we just chill? But it's just like, but that's that's the risk you're taking when you're mixing personalities on a, on, a, on any sort of trip. Oh, for sure. And I think that comes from two mindsets, right? You have the... We're here for the experience, which I think is your mindset, and let's mm-hmm. enjoy this moment and chill for a bit, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas I think a lot of uh, uh, Don's mindset, which I see in a lot of other people as well, is I'm here for this short amount of time. I want to do and see and experience as much as I can. Right. And I'm more in the same boat with you where, yeah, I'm okay with doing a lot. And we had some very jam-packed days when it mm-hmm. was just you and I in Berlin. Right. But it was never planned up to the T and it was never to the point where it felt to me like it was regimented, right? Yeah. We never felt like rushed, like, oh, we got to finish this now, except when we wanted to meet up with Joanna, but that's because we wanted to do that. (laughs) Right. But like, yeah, we never felt like we were rushed or we never felt like, it's like, yeah, once we were sitting down and had like, say we had a beer or two at one place, we're like, hey, so what do you want to do next? It's not like as soon as we sit down, it's like, all right, what's next? What time do we need to leave here to do this? Exactly. Uh, Yeah. I, I I, I get that. And I definitely understand the mindset of like I want to see as much as possible, but I I think I'm just so my, like my mindset is like well we're not going to see all of it regardless so why don't we enjoy right. what we are seeing? Definitely, I mean I think it's a it's a quality over quantity thing. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you go to a restaurant and the food's great, then you're like well why don't we stay and have dessert? You mm-hmm. know, or you go to a place like Usudu where they have great pilsner beer. Mm-hmm. Well, this beer is tasting real good tonight. Let's have a couple Great more. Great vibes. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So I, I agree with you. And I think one of the big differences, one of the hugest differences between solo and uh, like group travel is logistics. Mm-hmm. Because when you travel solo, really you are the only person that you're responsible for, right? You're responsible for when you wake up, when you do things, how much things are going to cost, when you do group travel, things get a little muckier, a little more complicated, right? Yeah, different um, budgets. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. I was I was on that check teacher budget, and y'all are on that <laughs> you know nine to five USA budget, which is way right. different. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, so so that's a big difference as well. But I think both can be very rewarding experiences, and I think everybody out there should try both. And I think the good thing about the group travel is you might st- like you know. The good thing about having, say, a Jared and a Don together is the Jared <laughs> might uh, might stumble upon something that he n- was never planning on seeing. Or, like, you know, you, you do find stuff that might have never crossed your mind because there are different priorities and different things that people mm-hmm. want to see. Sometimes you do end up, say, uh, giving in to something and being like, all right, I mean, I really had no plan on doing this, but this person seems like they want to do it, so fine, I'll do it. So first you think oh, man, I have to compromise for this person. But then when you get to the place, it's like, oh, wow, I'm glad I got to see this. I exactly. would have never planned on doing that, but I, since I kind of got dragged here, turns mm-hmm. out I'm seeing something really cool that I never knew was here or whatever. Right, and, and that, so that's a great point. It can definitely, you know, I think there is something to not just having complete, complete freedom to where then you're only going to, maybe you'd only be sticking to what's more in your comfort zone, even if it's a great trip. Exactly. Yeah. 
Exactly. And I think that's the thing, that both of these methods of travel give you the opportunity to push yourself to get out of your comfort zone. But mm-hmm. when you do it yourself, you have to either be motivated or disciplined. I would say it's more disciplined than motivated, to be honest, yeah. um, to to get out there and you know put yourself out of your comfort zone. Whereas when you're with friends, a lot of times, sometimes you don't have the choice, you know? Mm-hmm. Like we, Don and I dragged you to Karlo Vilaznia and you did not want to go, but we still no. had a pretty good time. Yeah, I thought no, it, it was wasn't pretty bad. fun. It wasn't bad. You it know? was cool to see too. Right, right. And uh, and the other thing is when you when you go out by yourself and you travel by yourself, um, although yes, there are definitely a lot of things you can do to push yourself and get out of your comfort zone. I would mm-hmm. say it's even easier though to say, oh no, I'm not going to do that today. And make yep. excuses because you are the only one to be accountable. When you're with yeah. your friends and, you know, two out of three of us want to go to Karlo Vilaznia <laughs> and you don't, it's like, well, sorry, buddy. You know, yeah, two we're out going. Of three, yeah, we're going. So it's, yeah, it's pretty wild. That's very true. Mm-hmm. Um, have you had any uh, epiphanies, reflection, realizations about yourself while traveling alone? Yeah, I have. Uh, I'm really glad you asked that. I was going to talk about that, but I'm glad oh, you great. asked that. Um, so so the biggest, the biggest, right. The biggest epiphany I've had while traveling alone is I think you start to realize who your actual close, good friends are and who are kind of your more superficial friends, especially not only traveling, but like moving abroad, you Mm -hmm. really learn who actually, who is as, as a lot of people say is your ride or die Mm -hmm. and who's just there on a, on a sunshiny day. And one of, one of the epiphanies I had, though, I was in Frankfurt, about to actually come home in 2016. I had been in Germany for two months. It was a great time in Germany. But I had this epiphany that just because you're around people, and even if you're having a good time with these people, you can be completely surrounded by people and still feel lonely. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think that's a, it's a good thing to understand, though, because I think a lot of people just assume that... If you're around other people that like it's, it's fun, it feels good, you're not lonely. But sometimes I think you need to accept the fact that traveling can be lonely sometimes. Even when mm-hmm. it's exciting and you meet new people, it's totally fine and okay to accept that, to acknowledge it. And I think that's a really important step to really being able to um, appreciate the beauties of traveling. Because if everything is only sunshine and rainbows, um, it kind of loses the intensity of the sunshine and rainbows. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, I got that. Yeah, there you, you don't really have the highs and the lows. It's just, uh, you know, it's all highs, but if it's all highs, then nothing's high. Exactly, exactly. Um, so that was one of my epiphanies. What about you? Hmm. Have you had any travel epiphanies? Well, you haven't done a ton of solo traveling, but maybe just any travel epiphanies in general? Uh, I haven't done any solo travel, but I have had epiphanies in the sense that, uh, similar to you, in the, that like, you le- not really you learn a different aspect of your friends i'll tell you, like it does it does it is a good insight into aspects of of friends that you didn't really you weren't aware of and how different friends interact with each other but also i think it um i'm trying to think i've had epiphanies definitely in like like i guess i've been more aware of what i like and mm-hmm. it helps me notice more what i like and um and i 100% agree with like the um 
with like the true friend thing. Like even just in the sense that like uh, I came all the way to Czech Republic to visit you. Where it's like Prague wasn't necessarily on my list of places to visit, but I went to see my friend Chad. And right. uh, we had a great time too. And so it definitely just like refocuses your priorities, I think. And it definitely makes me, sometimes makes me wonder why am I friends with people? Uh, and it also sometimes solidifies why I'm friends with people. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. That's a great. That's a great point. Absolutely. Yeah. And and the other thing is too. Uh, I think when you travel alone, you learn about a lot about yourself. Yeah. When you travel in groups, you learn a lot about the group dynamic, about mm-hmm. those people, also about your patients as well, um, and your own interests you as betcha. well. Um, I don't mean with you and Don, that was a great no, trip. <laughs> Y'all didn't really test me at all. Actually, I've been very fortunate. Uh, traveling with Jeff, uh, who was an, a guest on our uh, podcast way back, was an amazing travel buddy. Mm-hmm. You and Don were great. Uh, my buddy David, who I've traveled all over the place with, is also fantastic. Uh-huh. Um, but I, but I, think, I think the thing is, is that you can really get a good sense of who you are and who they are when you travel in groups. Yeah, and get a better understanding of your of your group dynamic, and it brings usually if the trip goes well, it brings you closer as friends. Right? I've seen I've seen it go both ways. <laughs> right. Oh yeah, it can definitely go in the negative as well with the same person. Actually, <laughs> exactly. The other thing that I've learned, the other travel epiphany that I had, uh, and this was a year later in 2016 in Germany, was that I love meeting new people. But I hate the very mundane, superficial questions you have to ask in order mm-hmm. to start that connection with somebody. I hate those right? too. Yeah. I mean, the amount of times that I've asked people when I've met them, you know, the typicals, where are you from? Where have you visited in this country or in this place? How long have you been here? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, okay, they're all decent questions to ask. But if you've been, you know, I was, you know, traveling in Germany for two months while working and traveling. And you have those conversations almost every weekend or every other weekend. It gets old really fast. Yeah. Really, really fast. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, Brad, Don, and I have traveled a lot together. And uh, Brad and I have uh, joked in a bunch of places about how, like, we can recite uh, Don's sort of, like, uh, beginning sort of speech about, like, oh, you know, we've traveled a lot in Colorado when Brad used to live there. So we we would joke about, like, how we could just say it as he's saying it. Like, oh, yeah, Brad lives here and Jared lives in her and I live here and we're visiting him here. We went to college together. And it's just like it just comes down to, like, this speech. And some people like Don seems to enjoy that, but I'm like you, where mm. it's like, can we like? I know you can't, but I really a lot of times it's like, can we just skip the pleasantries? <laughs> right. One thing I would love to try, and I'd be curious. Well, I only got a couple weeks left, but maybe I'll try it uh, next time. Next time I'm in Prague or whatever, I would love to just ask people some weird off the off the wall questions and see. Mm. I I have a theory that I think that could. I think it will do two things. Either people will be like, who the fuck is this guy? Why is he asking me, this, right. asking me these weird questions? Or it will lead up to them being like, oh, wow, like it's really refreshing to not have to answer. Mm-hmm. I'm from blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm, I'm here for three weeks, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, because, yeah, you kind of start to have very similar or almost the same kind of conversations when you travel. And you have to do that even more, I would say, when you travel solo. So be aware of that oh, when yeah, you travel sure. solo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people uh, are going to be mm-hmm. more interested in your story and, and if you're by yourself, for sure. Right. W- one thing I thought about was about a uh, disadvantage of solo travel, mm-hmm. especially for you and I, 
is that it's hard to get pictures of yourself to prove that you were there. Yep, for sure. Uh, I mean, one of the greatest things about our trip having Don there was that he is always taking pictures. I felt like an Instagram model when Don, when Don <laughs> was with us. Yeah, and so, uh, but I, I, I do think though, yeah, we don't like to take pictures that much, but I, I would think I would be a little bummed if I were to go to some new interesting place and have no pictures of myself. Right. And like I even ha- like I hate walking up to a stranger being like, "Hey, could you get a picture of me?" And I feel like it's even worse if you are alone. I've never been in that situation. Right. Yeah. Like when we were at the Brandenburg tour, it took us like five minutes to finally ask someone to take a picture of us. Yeah, we were standing around <laughs> and looking. I can only imagine yeah. if we were by ourselves, we'd be like, oh, "Forget it. I don't want. I'm just like right. a weirdo." Right. I mean, I I would resort to taking selfies um, when mm. I would travel different places. Like I know not I'm pretty. Good, no, they're not. Like if. I'm pretty sure if I can check my Instagram right now, and I guarantee you, I have at least one I remember in Freiburg for sure that I took. Let's see here. I'll find it real quick for us. Yep, I definitely right here. remember seeing a couple. There's me in Freiburg. Oh yeah, oh that's back a great in the day, picture, right? So there's a selfie. Let's see here. Of and, course, and, and we're on YouTube, everyone. If you want to see these selfies, oh, that's true. Yeah, sorry to all of our <laughs> listeners not Dude, on there. Before that was like in focus, I was going to say, "Who's that guy?" <laughs> right. So this is a picture of me in uh, Cafe Central in Vienna, and oh. next to the little um, oh shoot, what's the oh, dude's like name? The, like, uh, the, like the butler guy. Yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't a butler. He was a writer. But yeah, uh, but he oh, chilled oh, okay. there. Or an, dang, dude, this was the summer of selfies in places. Then in Munich, damn, look at that face. golden pig. You look aggressive, right? Hey, you got it when you, you like buy the board, dude. That picture. Um, but yeah, so so that's the thing, though. I I agree with you, and I I don't know why I don't like asking people to take my picture. Um, but yeah, I don't. I feel like I'm being an inconvenience to them when really mm-hmm. it takes like a minute. And it's what's really funny is when I was in Prague last weekend, there were uh, there was a group of like six Spanish tourists, and they asked me if I could take a picture. And I, I almost did it Don, Don style where we were at the same place where we took all those pictures at Latna Park that mm-hmm. overlooks the city of Prague. Yep. Also to all of our listeners, if you ever go to Prague, go to Latna Park, especially in the summer. Um, you betcha. So I got up on one of the tables and was oh. taking pictures of them and they loved it and they were so appreciative, right? Mm-hmm. But for me, it was no problem. Like I was happy to help them. Yeah. So I think, I think unless people are like rushing to their like business meeting or something, you know, if they're also <laughs> tourists, park. ask them, right? <laughs> right, exactly. We we also asked those, what were they like, Irish or Scottish or something? Those mm-hmm. like high school looking oh, girls oh, to take girls a picture in, of in us. Berlin. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that's right. And they were yeah. totally cool about it. So yeah, I think my one once, tip though mm-hmm. is if you're gonna ask for someone to take a picture of you with your with your phone, already have the camera open and ready to go. Yep. Yep, I Don't agree. give it to him and be like, just, oh, hold on. Like, you, you got to do this. You just yeah, got to give yeah. it to him ready to go. My passcode is 675321 <laughs> exclamation point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just give it to him. Yeah, with the camera ready to go. Most definitely. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, yeah, and you're right, though. You can definitely get more quality pictures with your friends. There's just more of a sense of community. I would say yeah. the big difference that I've noticed is solo travel gives you more opportunities to be introspective have mm-hmm. self-reflection. I, th- I think a lot of times of solo travel as like, I'm on this journey and I'm going to learn something new about myself. Yes. Wow. I know that sounds narcissistic, but I think in a lot How of ways it's really true. I don't think so. Okay, maybe it's not. But anyways. But that's, not, you, I mean, that's, I don't think at all because that's one of the main reasons why I 
feel like I need to do it. It's because, like, especially me, who is uh, very obviously not an outgoing person, I want to test myself like that, and I want to see how I do in those situations. Right. And I think it's a it's it's important to be introspective and learn about yourself. Definitely, definitely. And uh, then I would say the opposite with group travel is it's more of a sense of community, right? Yeah. And it's more of a sense of sharing experiences and like. You know, Sharing the next stories. day, exactly. The next day yeah. you're talking about the cool thing you saw at the museum or your mm-hmm. crazy night at Carlo Bilaznia or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. Um, the and that's karaoke how, you know, bar in Berlin. Ex- exactly. That's how inside jokes come up. And, and you know, mm-hmm. it really, to me, unless there's like a big fight or something, most of my travel experiences with friends has brought me closer to them, which has been really great. Yeah, um, for it sure. It really makes you value those relationships. Mm-hmm. But one interesting thing I've learned about myself, Jared, is I worry less when I travel solo than when I travel with people, with friends. Hmm. And I think I've realized why. It's because when I travel solo, if, if I freak out or if I get too worried, um, I, I just get stressed out, right? Mm. And then it's, it's just kind of, it's, it's stupid. Whereas, not that it's not stupid when I'm with friends, but when I'm with friends, there are different things I worry about right? When I'm with friends, I worry about, okay, well, what happens if we were to get separated or there's some problem or what happens if one of my friends gets hurt, right? Interesting. If, if, yeah. But if so I you're get not hurt, concerned about, yeah. I thought you were going to say you're concerned about like um, the other people enjoying themselves or like having a good time. Well, that too. I mean, I okay. want them to have a good time for sure. If Whereas you get hurt. If I mean, if I get, well, hopefully it's nothing bad <laughs> and I'll get better, you know? <laughs> Um, Many fregista. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I don't know. I mean, f- for me, it's just always been ever since when I really started traveling alone was Germany 2015. Mm-hmm. And that's when I realized um, there's no point in me getting stressed out because one, I'm by myself so I can do what I want. I'm only responsible for myself, which I guess makes me worry less. Whereas when I'm yeah. with friends... I'm not but only you're not, responsible for myself. I don't. I don't. You're not responsible for me or Don. Like you're not responsible for us. We're adults. I, I'm. I'm aware of that. But at the same time, I was kind of your guys' tour guide, and I felt a yeah. little responsible to show you guys a good time. Mm. You did a good job, though. Thank you. I get that. I get that part. Uh, now I get that part. The response. You feel responsible for showing people a good time, dude. I get stressed about having people visit me here in Philadelphia because I like I. I put a lot of stress on myself about making sure that people are enjoying themselves and having a good time. Um, but you don't have to, I'm, I don't really concern myself about other people's safety, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I really don't either. Um, this is more in extreme circumstances where, you know, maybe maybe you're at a, a bar or a club, somebody sucker punches your buddy, or, mm. you, you know, I mean, shit happens. You know, Don, that's um, very likely. he has a very punchable face the the other thing though that i've noticed um about solo travel is obviously as we've mentioned it can be lonely and isolating and one of those reasons is even the people you meet that you might be really cool with um you know you still don't really feel like they're your people they're not your good friends you know and so so you don't really have this sense of belonging when mm-hmm. you uh travel like you're alone. just hanging on with other people exactly exactly have you ever and, made any lasting friends through uh solo travel that's a good question i'm sure i'm sure i have um let's see here i'm trying to think of where i went um mm? 
I would say I would say lasting in terms of if we were in the same place, we would definitely hang out again. But mm. nobody that I would say is like, you a like very talk close to. friends of mine. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I think most of these are people that if we were in the same place or I would gladly go visit them or have them come visit me. But it's not like we, you know, talk all the time or touch. anything like that. Right. I mean, we might keep very, you know, loose, kind of sporadic touch. But yeah, it's nothing like a day-to-day, you know, contact for sure. What about mm-hmm. you? Uh, No. No. But um, yeah, there have been a lot of like getting people's numbers and it's like if you're ever in nebraska it's like okay (laughs) right like that was like the guy we got that guy's number um at uh usudu and i was opening my contacts but i was like i don't even remember his name what was it like ethan or something like that why does that sound familiar i think you're right i think that's right well it's not that on my phone that's for sure (laughs) uh yeah I, i don't even know i don't even know but um yeah, no, I, I've never had any, like, but I've also never fully been tested. Because, like, when I'm with, um, like, friends and stuff, I'm not very motivated to, to do that. And I also do have this feeling of, like, I mean, yeah, we'll have, like, like it just feel like a very, like, empty conversation a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, this is just someone to keep us or me entertained while we're here, but this isn't, like, I don't know. And that's also, I think... I think something that keeps me away from starting those conversations where it's like, it's just an empty conversation. Right. Which, which to an extent it is, but I think if you changed your mindset a little bit, then you might be surprised how the conversations went in the future. Do you know someone named Ivana Spinova? Yeah. Okay. Of course. Why? It was just in my phone and I I was like, who the hell is that? I'll, I'll I'll explain it to you after the podcast. (laughs) I was looking to see if I could find that one guy. Uh, that and I and I was like, who's that? Yeah, I'll 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 tell I'll tell you after after okay. we're done recording. Okay. Um, but yeah, uh, I I agree with you though. You know, um, that some of these conversations can feel a little empty, a little superficial. Uh, but sometimes you go out and you meet people and you have the time of your life. I remember I was in Koblenz with these four random German dudes I met, and we ended up going out to this this club and then went to this other bar. We were out till like 3 a.m. It had a blast. It was mm-hmm. awesome. Met some really cool girls as well. It was great. Um, yeah. And I think that's also what I was saying before is not a good way to look at those experiences where it's like you got to live more in the moment and not concern yourself yeah. with, oh, well, I'm never going to see them again anyway. Or it's just like a, you know, this is like a service level relationship. It's like just enjoy yourself. Don't concern yourself exactly. with that. Exactly. So now what I would like to do, Jared, is give our listeners some tips for group travel and for solo travel. Okay. So um, we'll start with solo travel. And and I would say the, the first tip I would give anybody out there is be very open. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't have too many expectations. And also be accepting of the experiences you have and how you feel about them. Because... It's okay to, like I said, it's okay to feel isolated and lonely. Comes with the territory. And I think when you accept that, you can move on from it. Otherwise, you might just be bummed out. Oh, all my friends are at home. Mm-hmm. I miss my parents. I miss my dog, whatever. Um, you know, if you just accept it and say, well, yeah, okay, I feel isolated and lonely. All right, this is how I'm feeling. Maybe I need to try to go out and meet some people or have a couple nice conversations with someone and it will yeah. slowly change. So I think mm-hmm. that's my first tip for solo travel. Number two is 
Um, roll with the punches. You have to really be flexible when you travel. So really, you have to be flexible when you do solo travel and group travel. But I think, at least with me, when I do uh, solo travel, I when I say flexible, be flexible as in don't be afraid to do something different, right? Maybe you were planning on going to the museum, right? But then you're walking down the street and you see this other really cool thing. When you're by yourself, if you're curious and you're interested, weigh the options and maybe it's cooler to check out that festival going on down the street instead of going to the museum, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think being open to just seeing where the trip will take you can be a great thing to do, especially when you're a solo traveler because you have that kind of freedom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, and I think that actually, that definitely goes for group travel as well, but it's a different kind of openness. It's more, I would say, be open to what other people want to do, be open to other people's opinions. And um, yeah, I'd say that, I'd say that's really it. But yeah, I'd say that goes both ways. But yeah, I mean, you, there's no, there's, you, you don't have to stick to any real plan if you're traveling by yourself. Who else? Yeah, it's just it's for you. Do what you want. It's just you. Exactly. And my last trip, uh, a tip for solo travelers um, is... You have to be more cautious, though. That's a tip I would have oh, for, for solo sure. travelers. Definitely be more cautious. Be mm-hmm. aware of things. Don't make yourself a target. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, my, I guess my last tip for any solo travelers out there or future solo travelers is... Um, always try to think of like a backup plan. Not only in terms of just like having fun and like sightseeing and stuff, but also it's good to have a backup plan if something goes wrong. You know, what happens mm-hmm. if your wallet gets stolen, right? If you're with your friends and your wallet gets stolen, you know, your friends might be able to loan you some money. Right. But if you are in a foreign country and your wallet gets stolen or you lose your passport or whatever, you need to have a backup plan and think about these things in advance. It's a good um, idea. You know, I mean... There Leave are, one card back at home or something at your hotel, I mean, or something like right. that. Oh yeah, I never, I never go out with all my cards. I never carry all my cash with me. Um, Oops, I did that when we were. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, so those would be my three tips. Um, I'm gonna try to recap them real quick. So be be open minded, but also be accepting um, and acknowledge your feelings when you travel solo, whether they be good or negative emotions. Um, number two. Be flexible. Uh, let the trip take you where it takes you and don't try to micromanage everything. And three, have a backup plan. So mm-hmm. now with um, group travel, Jared, what, what are some of your tips for group travel? Uh, I would say, once again, be flexible. Mm-hmm. Um, be willing to try new things. That's I think that, that goes uh, without saying. Um, I'd say also... I don't know how to say this, but like, look out for the people you're with. You know, mm-hmm. like you sure. guys are kind of in it together. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a team don't be effort. afraid. Yes, don't be afraid to either speak up on what you want to do, or to shut up and do something you don't want to do, because you know you might find something. You might turns out you might love something, um, and um, be fair with how you split the split stuff because. Mm-hmm. It only benefits everyone, I think, if, if you're fair with it. Oh, I agree. I completely agree. Uh, and the, the other thing, too, with traveling in groups, I think you need to be respectful and compassionate of others, even when tempers flare, because they will and they do. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, don't let that derail and ruin your entire trip. Be, be willing to 
maybe say, you know, sorry, man, I was an asshole last night. I was just really tired. I didn't get enough sleep. I was hangry, whatever it may be. Be willing to take responsibility for your own actions and apologize, but yeah. also accept the apology of others. If if you're on the other side of the fence and, you know, maybe, you know, maybe you're really tired about to come home and your friend who you're traveling with, um, you know, maybe kind of snaps at you. You know, it could just be because this they're exhausted. Like it feels personal, but okay. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we, I don't think we've ever had any turbulent. No, I'm saying uh, there was definitely a snap that happened in Prague. That's for sure. Oh, that's true. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. That's true. That was was that directed towards me? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I, I meant personal in the sense that you were talking talking about me. Aha! Uh-huh, I see. <clears throat> no, it I definitely see. was not towards you at all. But that also didn't ruin our trip, though, did it? No, no, and I was impressed and very thankful at Don's ex- acceptance and willing to apologize. And then, I, and then because he did that, I was like, "Shit, now I can't be mad. Now I just have to accept right. his apology." <laughs> and that's and that's the key, right there, everybody. That's the key. And that's the thing. Like, nobody's perfect. We all have different wants and needs. Mm-hmm. Um, even best of friends, their personalities can clash sometimes. For sure, yeah. And and just be understanding of this and and be aware of it. And I think it will smooth out any serious travel problems that you have on your group trips yeah for sure that was good i like that and that kind of this is that's kind of motivated me to uh want to figure out this solo travel thing even more yeah as as you should and i would like to do more group trips um i've i've realized that a lot of the travel in general that I've done has has been more solo just because I was in grad school and my uh, schedule didn't line up with a lot of my friends. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I the really the, the last group trips I had were actually camping trips with my ex. Okay. Um, and, and they were a lot of fun. Uh, didn't really have any problems or anything. Um, but it just goes to reiterate how much of a good time group trips can also be. Yeah. Um, the the trick is with group tricks you uh, group trips is you have to really coordinate and figure all mm-hmm. that stuff out for sure yeah it's definitely sometimes a bit of a, a headache even before you get there trying to choose the day trying mm-hmm. to choo- figure out when everyone's flight gets in and where we're gonna meet and all that oh, stuff definitely. it definitely can be a little bit of a headache which I guess will leave me with my last thing before we move on to our next segment which is um, don't be afraid to be decisive. I think mm-hmm. a lot of times, especially the bigger the group, people are like, oh, I don't want to make the decision. Yeah. Be that person, be decisive. And if they don't like the decision, then hopefully they'll voice their opinion, which will lead to another decision. Instead of everyone yeah. just being like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. Just be decisive. Yeah, Everyone benefits. What do you want to mm-hmm. do? <laughs> right. Or, or pull the Chad method. It's tried and tested, at least on Don and Jared and a couple of my other friends. Give two options or three options. But That's also always what I would do with you guys. You you mm-hmm. were obviously way more uh, informed on where we were sure. than, uh, than we were. So it was, it, it was way easier for you to do that. But right. if you're in an area where, say, everyone knows it or everyone doesn't know it, mm-hmm. uh, you're going to – I think it is important to say, oh, I want to do this. And then, you know, then you'll find out if people want to do it or not. And if they say no, then they better have a better, <laughs> a better option or something right. they want to do. Right. You can't say, no, I don't want to do that. It's like, oh, then what do you want to do? Well, I don't know. It's like, okay, then we're doing what I just said. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And which uh, leads me to, you know, being decisive and voicing your opinions is not Armageddon, which leads us to our song of the pod today, which, which is, is called Armageddon, Armageddon mm-hmm. by a German rapper named Kollega, which is... Uh, German for like colleague, 
uh, and he's fantastic. I believe he's from like the Koblenz or Mainz area. Um, I'm going to look this up real quick. But Jared, what are your thoughts on the song? I was curious when I sent it to you, I wasn't sure what your reaction would be. But what are your thoughts? Even if you don't know what he's saying, you know that he's he's talking about some shit. Like, like he is, he's just like, like, I feel like here in the United States, we would call his rapping style just bars. Yeah. Like, like there wasn't really, I don't even think there was a chorus, was there? Nope. Like nope. it was just, just bars. It, it seems like he was, I didn't understand all of it, but I understood a good bit of it. Seemed like he was rapping about some serious stuff. Um, and, Very serious uh, stuff. I mean, it, it Armageddon. Was, oh, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> uh, I liked it. I liked it. I mean. It's it's tough because it's not even really something that's easy to bob your head to. It's more just like, wow, he's really saying something here. Mm-hmm. But uh, I I thought I I like that. Uh, uh, like it's rare, at least for me, to see that sort of rap from a non-American. Usually, um, usually I see more like uh, imitations of what you typically think of of like hip hop or rap from Europeans or Germans or something like that. But it's rare that you'd see, not you or one, but it's rare that I would see this kind of style. Mm-hmm. And uh, he definitely, um, yeah, he, he definitely put, like, he, it was it was a, a rare lyricist. That's what I'm looking for. He was more of a lyricist than I'm used to seeing from a European rapper. Right. Makes, makes sense. And, yeah, so Kollega is actually from Hessen, um, which is kind of near the Frankfurt area, now lives in Dusseldorf. Um, Shout out. Yep, and he's been going at it for a while now um, as a rapper. But yeah, he's absolutely fantastic. And I believe he's also... Um, so yeah, he has um, a lot of conspiracy theories. And these conspiracy theories also play out in this um, in this song Armageddon, which is interesting. Um, and what's interesting, though, is he is now studying law in oh. Mainz, in Germany, okay. actually. Um, so yeah. Nothing and like so what's, nothing, and what's what a also great combination. Conspiracies right? and <laughs> being a lawyer. Right? And he's also, um, his stepfather is Algerian and he is also um, a Muslim. So that's also okay. kind of interesting as well. Um, and yeah, but he is absolutely fantastic. It's straight, it's nine minutes and like mm-hmm. 15 seconds of just straight bars. And yeah. it basically talks about all these things that are going to cause Armageddon or the end of the world. Mm-hmm. And I believe if I remember correctly... He put this track out as like a thank you to his fans for having, I think, like a million, either like a million records sold or a million streams or something like this. Right. Okay. Um, cool. Yeah. And the one music video that I sent you, Jared, has it, it's cool. It's like a like a black and white comic strip or graphic novel. Yeah, which it's is very awesome. well animated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How, how did it, how did did you just stumble upon this or you know this guy or something? I had a I had a uh, had I have a friend in Germany who uh, showed me this, showed me okay. this track in 2016. And when I was thinking a lot about solo travel, um, mm-hmm. this kind of came into mind because when I would like go, you know, try to find my hotel from the train station, especially in Frankfurt, I was listening to this on the way there. And, you know, it's oh, like okay. ni- nine minutes long. So yeah. you can go on a nice long stroll and listen to it. But yeah, mm-hmm. straight bars, check it out, Untranslatable One on Twitter. Um, and it is absolutely fantastic there you you won't go wrong with this especially if you're learning german there's a lot of great vocabulary in there mm-hmm. um and and i have to say too that the video is very very well done as well which yeah. is absolutely fantastic it kind of reminds um, me of mm-hmm. um 
No, I can't think of the movie. What's that movie with Bruce Willis? Well, that's not a great person to start with, but he is in the movie, I think. Uh, it's about like kind of comic-y, and it's kind of violent, and it's about... Um, you're not talking about Pulp Fiction, are you? No, no, no. It's comic-y and like it's it's production. Okay. Hmm. I forget. Die, die Hard? No. No. <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, um, let's see if I can find it real quick. Damn. Why, this, this problem with Bruce Willis is he's been in every goddamn movie. That's true. You're not wrong. You are not wrong. Sin City. Oh, Sin, oh you're right. You're right. That movie is pretty wild. Uh, mm-hmm. And yeah, that, that music video does is very Sin City-esque. So yeah. check that out, Untranslatable, uh, one on Twitter and also Untranslatable Podcast on YouTube where you can also hear other songs of the pod. You but betcha. now it's time for the check word of the pod, mm-hmm. which is Scoopina. Scoopina. What do you think Scoopina is? Vacation? I mean, we did travel nope. last week. Nope, oh, no, I didn't not. travel. You didn't mm-hmm. travel. Scoopina. Is it like alone? Nope. Not the opposite of alone. Oh, together? Group. Oh, group. Scoopina oh, group. is group in Czech. Okay. Uh-huh. Scoopina. Uh, mine, just for to help your guessing, is not really that apropos of today's topic. Okay. But my Spanish word of the pod is mareo. Mar- mareo. Mm-hmm. Oh, I swear I've heard this word before. Mareo. What is it? Um, I'm trying to think if I can make a Spanish a sentence in Spanish. Ooh, give me that Spanish sentence, my man. Let's hear I it. I can't. I can't. Do it. Do it. Come no, on, I Jared. can't because I'd have. To, I, I, I'm wanna, I want to. I want to say like. There's so many words that I don't know how to say to make this work. What? Okay. What? I'll help you out. Give me. I might be able to help you out. Let's formulate a Spanish sentence together. Okay. Well, um, um, uh, how do you say like, uh, oh man, I wish I had my notes. So, cause I, I do have this word written down, but how do you say like, uh, um, I like, so for example, I ride the train. Um, hmm. Well, I, I can give you a clue before we even get into the sentence. So you'll know what the word is. Okay. I believe you. I believe this is you. That's like this. I know my dad is like this, and a bunch of people are. But like, if you were to ride a subway or train, it is in your best interest to be sitting in the direction that the train's moving, or else okay. you'll experience mareo. Oh, motion sickness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh-huh. dizzy, dizziness, motion sickness. So couldn't you say? So so do you, do you use that with half? Would you say like tango? Would you say tango? What is it again, Mario? Yeah. Uh, that's a good question. I you really don't say, know. Let's see here. Couldn't you say like, viajo, viajo en el tren? Is y... that how you say train? Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. T-R-E-N. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I'm not. Oh, man. My <laughs> Spanish is rusty. My Spanish oh, is real rusty. Can I, can I get Spanish lessons as well when I come back to Michigan? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, uh, we're going to do the movie thing. That's going nice. to happen for sure. Nice. Um, uh, Sydney had the same response that I did when you mentioned the uh, music thing where she sings mm-hmm. and I play the chord. She's yes. like, right, relax. No, oh, the response oh, was damn. relax. She had your, your response. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Bummer. yeah. I mean, it is a good idea, though. And she does listen to Spanish music, so we could definitely incorporate that somehow. But the whole she sings it and I play it, that's... And that might even be a little bit out of her uh, her abilities. I'm trying to get, I'm trying to bring y'all even closer as a couple. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, I'm 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 typing in I ride the train. 
Viajo uh, en el tren. Oh, is that what it is? That's how you say it, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, you're right. All right. <laughs> not, not trusting me, huh, Jared? No, no, it's not that I don't trust you. I just happened to finish pulling it up. Yo viajo en el tren. Granted, because it's Google Translate, they also add yo, which you don't really need. Right, exactly. That's the cool thing about Spanish. Well, that's yeah. good, though. Um, that's good. Motion sickness. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't even know how to say that in German. Hmm. I'll tell you. I mean, it's probably something like Bewegungskrankheit or or something, but who knows? Yeah, Germans are way more literal than... Uh, yeah. <laughs> motion sickness. Not sockness. Motion sickness is... <laughs> Bewegungskrankheit. <laughs> yes, there we go. I didn't even know the word and I guessed it, so Parada. there you go. That's there hilarious. You, go. you can also say kinetosa. Okay. Reisen, Krankheit. Okay. Inter- interesting. Okay. Tra- travel, travel sickness. sickness. Yeah. yeah. Okay. We say that too. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, Jared, it's time for a couple jokes. So since you're a pianist, I, I wanted to give this to you uh, first. Where do pianists go for vacation? Mm, to the Rio Grande. Oh, that's a good one. But no, to the Florida Keys, my man. Ooh, that's a good better. Florida Keys. I was going to say like Rio Grande or, or like a Rio Grande piano or something like right, that. Right, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I, I figured where you were going with that. Why uh, don't mummies go on vacation? Uh, why is that? Because they're afraid to relax and unwind. Ooh. Always always a good uh, good uh, mummy joke to, top in, uh, to pop in there. I can't talk today. It's too hot, man. I'm not used to this hot weather yet. It's mm. going to take a minute. Why, uh, or sorry, what do goblins mail their friends while on vacation? Goblins. Uh, I don't know. I have no idea. Ghost cards, my man. Are goblins ghosts? Have you not seen, I don't know, maybe? Maybe not? I'm not sure. <laughs> when, I, when I heard goblin, I was thinking of like a troll kind of thing. Maybe I should have said a ghoul. Mm. Are ghouls ghoul. ghosts? I, I, I don't know. I, have no, I don't no know why idea. I'm giving the, these jokes this much. Uh, <laughs> that's true. Thought. Giving them a lot of clout. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, why didn't the elephant carry a suitcase? Uh oh, I know the answer. Let's hear it. Because uh, it packed everything in its trunk. Very good. Very good. Ta-da. I like that one. That one's a good one. Um, let me see if I can find any other good ones real quick. Let's see here. All right. Last one for you. We're going to end end with a real good one. Which country has the most germs? Mm, give it to me so I'm just stop being offensive this episode. Germany. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's because they, they're the ones that like all that weird... Uh... Nah, I'm not even going to get into it. I'm <laughs> not going to go there. That's probably a good <laughs> idea. Look at our stats next week. We have no <laughs> listeners in Germany anymore. Oh, man. That or even funny. more. Uh, yeah, that's, <laughs> that is true. I feel like a lot of people like to be very cynical of their own country. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you're, you're right. Interesting. Well, interesting. Which we have been adding some new interesting countries. Shout out to Cambodia. Oh, sweet. Very uh, nice. Thank you, Cambodia. Um, Italy. I don't know if we've had Italy before. Maybe we have. I, I'd have uh, to. I don't know. I, I try not to look at the... Uh, I honestly try not to look at the stats at all, really. Right. It's exciting. But I'm interested really in seeing cool. the map. I do like seeing the map, though. It's really awesome. It really is. 
Mm-hmm. It's it's humbling to see that we have you know people from all over the world listening. So we hope you guys yeah. enjoy our shenanigans on the Untranslatable Podcast. You betcha. But before we close out the show, a quick recap. Um, solo traveling and group traveling both can be absolutely amazing experiences, but for many different reasons. If you're looking for um, maybe, you know, as many say, some self-discovery, um, some self-reflection, uh, more freedom and liberty to really do what you want and see what you want. It's been then, <laughs> then solo travel <laughs> is really the way to go. If you're looking to have a great time with your friends, also to maybe learn more about your friendships and your dynamic with your friends, group travel can be really great. Uh, a wonderful way to become closer and share a lot of amazing memories. So Mm -hmm. we hope everybody out there listening will have the opportunity to do some solo traveling and some group traveling and have a great time. And let us know where you like to go when you solo or group travel at untranslatablepodcast at gmail.com. Let us know if you have any other tips or tricks that we excluded on this episode. Also check out our Instagram, untranslatablepodcast, to see... All sorts of random pictures. You can see some solo and some group travel shots you there betcha. throughout our uh, various photos there. And also, don't forget, check out our website, untranslatablepodcast.com, with a slew of amazing untranslatables that will make you the man or the woman at whatever next social gathering you're going to. So we hope you enjoy those as well. So we thank all of you so much for your support. Shout out to some of those new countries on the list as well. We really appreciate it. It means the world to us. And let us know what we could do to improve our podcast by giving us reviews on iTunes and Stitcher. Five stars would be completely awesome. We would really appreciate it. And as we say here at the Untranslatable Podcast, de cuyame a muchas gracias. Gracias.